With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Football, Philosophy, and Rocket Science, a Cleveland Browns podcast a show where a philosopher and a rocket scientist try to make sense of the Cleveland Browns. The Football, Philosophy, and Rocket Science podcast is a part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here are your hosts, Elliot Kennel and Joel Cade. Hey, welcome to Football, Philosophy, and Rocket Science. And this week's kind of a special edition because for the first time in, you know, God knows how long we actually have a football game. And so we're going to talk about an opponent and I'm pretty excited about this because we've brought in a great, or we brought in a great guest to have come talk to us about our opponent, the New York jets. So say hi, Dan, introduce yourself and tell us who you are. Hey everybody. Thanks for having me. My name is Dan Burnham and I am the host of the, this is the jet life podcast, part of fans First sports network. And basically just been a jets fan my whole life. My dad's been a Jets fan his whole life and got me into it. So I'm part of the ride and, and ready to have some fun this season. Can't wait for can't wait for this game this week. So you're kind of like a Browns fan. You just like inherited this torture and punishment from your parents. Yeah, it was my dad. I was uh, four years old and he said that I could either. Um, I said I wanted to be a Cowboys fan because I was big. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I heard of the team and stuff. And he said, you're a Jets fan or you can move out of this house. <laughs> I said, and then, uh, yeah, from there, it was it was good. The Jets were good in, like, the 90s when I was, like, eight years old. At, like, 98, 99, the team was good, so. Okay. For me. Well, you have our sympathies. I think that the Browns and the Jets are very similar in that we haven't done anything good in about 50 years. Uh, I do remember very well the uh, last time the Jets were really good in Super Bowl three. That is still the most memorable football game for me when Joe Willie uh, led the Jets to an incredible upset victory. At that time, I'll tell you what, uh, the NFL championship was the big game, in, uh, and the Browns lost that game uh, to the Baltimore Colts. It was some kind of terrible score, 50 to 3 or something like that. It was slaughter. We just absolutely got killed. Uh, and then uh, I thought, well, okay, but Joe Namath was an evil man. He had a Fu Manchu mustache, uh, and our coaches said that you were not supposed to have facial hair. And uh, he was—he uh, had audacity, predicted victory, and he was going to get punished. Earl Morrow and the greatest defense in the history of the NFL, which they were up to that time, they were going to punish Joe Namath. 
and I was shocked. My life would never be the same again. Joe Namath and Ann Margaret and all these women with bikinis and stuff. The whole world changed with Super Bowl three. Everything was different, and it was not a fluke. Super Bowl four proved that the AFL was actually tactically better, and、um, my world was never the same. And <laughs> actually, the just was it the football or was it the bikinis, man? I'm just want to know. No, it was both. It was both. It、okay. was a cultural revolution. It was a football revolution. <laughs> my whole world came apart. Uh, it was different.、Um, I wanted to be a quarterback, and you know, I was I was a.、Uh, I really did play on a gravel、uh, field at, at,、uh, in the sixth grade at Central Elementary School, which is a hundred years old, and we had a gravel field. We played tackle football、uh, at the.、Uh, Are you like a hundred, Elliot? What is this? That sounds、uh, painful. Like the, the, Elliot survived the depression, the stock market crash of thirty nine. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. It was all all for real. But anyway, yeah, we're we're kind of the same. You know, nothing good has happened to the Cleveland Browns or the New York Jets、uh, since the nineteen sixties.、Um, hey, I want to、well, hold on. I, I want to say this though. I will say, Dan, congratulations on the Jets Super Bowl victory. Thank you. Yeah, it was I, it was awesome. My dad and I watch it every summer when there's no football, just to relive it. It's got it recorded, and it's a great game.、But、I swear I really, you, though, when I watch it to this day, when I watch it, and I've watched it about four times, I still think Baltimore is going to win when I watch it. I still cannot believe that the Jets are going to win this game, even though I know what's going to happen. Even though I've seen it, it's just unbelievable. But okay, so, hey, I wanted to ask you about this.、Um, you know, the organizations are. Famous for doing the wrong thing,、uh, we totally sympathize with you. How can you explain、uh, Dalvin Cook? We're not going to see him in the exhibition game because why? He's not going to be on the team. Apparently, how did that happen? How did you、yes. guys screw this up? That's <laughs>、well, not your team.、How、We're starting you, with the easy ones. Cover screwed this up. So I don't think they screwed it up. I think that there's a lot going on right now. He's got interest from a few teams.、Um, the Dolphins and Jets are the most notable right now. Patriots are in the mix. Cowboys could be as well.、Um, he basically said that he wasn't going to sign anywhere when he did our our meeting、um, without talking to his family and going through his process. So we didn't really expect him to. It's always possible when a guy enters your facility he doesn't leave, but it's also possible when he says, "Hey, whatever comes, I'm going to talk to my family first before I make a decision," and that's what he's doing. I think.、Um, I think the Jets are probably doing something like a four and a half, five million dollar offer with maybe an incentive for another million, probably something pretty low, to have him come in and be running back two. And he's a guy that you can consider him a luxury or a necessity, depending on where Brees Hall's at. And that's something that we're all、yeah. kind of waiting as well. So it's hard for us to say just how important Dalvin Cook is, just how much does he have left in the tank, how ready is Brees Hall going to be, because that's going to be the number one guy as soon as he's ready.、Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for our fan base, the Cleveland fan base,、uh, we don't know who Brees Hall is, but can you tell us how you know he's a guy that had what five point eight yards per carry last season, got hurt. How is he? Is he coming back, or what's what's his schedule like? So he tore his ACL in Week Seven last year.、Um, he's hitting like twenty three miles per hour straight line right now, but as you、oh, know, ACL is all left lateral、mm-hmm. movement.、So、he's got to work on that lateral movement.、Um, he's not ready to do that exactly right now. They say that he probably. He was not going to play in the first preseason game against the Browns for sure, and then he's probably going to be ready for like team drills and stuff. They said somewhere like a few weeks from today, which would be starting to get back into football right before the season begins. So that can lead to a little bit of like, you know, maybe it's going to be week three, week four until we really see him back. But maybe it's like Saquon Barkley, and it's a whole year before he's really back. Right. Yeah. Let me let me jump in here real quick, Elliot. So. For just for our fan, for Browns fans,、um, the Jets are kind of like a team that plays the style that the Browns have played on offense. You have the zone outside zone, wide zone offense, a lot of quarterback rollouts, a lot of、uh, mid crossers across the field with with your wide receivers.、Uh, the backside deep out, the deep in on the backside, the kind of the famous Kyle Shanahan style offense. So what the Jets do is very similar to what the Browns do. This is. The Browns and the Jets are literally like Elliot mentioned earlier. Like they're they're like the same team. They're running the same offense. They were running the same defense until we fired Joe Woods. But 
that's that kind of gap control scheme. So when we talk about running backs for the Jets, we're talking about the bread and butter right now because the team is built on that outside zone. And then everything kind of comes off of the passing game comes off that outside zone. Um, so given that that's the case, are you hoping for Brees Hall back? Because that outside zone requires like a, a, a slow to the hole and then burst through the hole. Do you think he's going to have that burst to make that an effective run for him this season with that ACL injury? That's the question. And I think the worry and the reason that Dalvin Cook's being considered and brought in right now is because Brees Hall probably, if I'm guessing, is not going to have that right away to the level that he mm-hmm. will to the level that he will at the end of the year or next year. It's going to be maybe he's going to be a good, you know, efficient running back, but not what I think is one of the most elite running backs in the league. Um, and Dalvin Cook kind of gives an opportunity for the Jets to get another guy that can play a similar style and can kind of help weather the storm for weeks one through five. The Jets have a very tough schedule early in the season. And if Aaron Rodgers is going to play one or two seasons, we can't afford to go one and four because the schedule was hard. We couldn't get the run game going early to set up mm-hmm. everything else to get the new guys comfortable in the offense. We got to win early. We got to be 500 after the first six games at least. And they got to have a running back that's going to be able to help them get there. Yeah, and well, to stay on this, hold on, let me stay on this. To stay on this, Dalvin Cook does run that same offense when he was in, in um, Minnesota. They, too, run that same kind of Shanahan outside zone kind of situation um, scheme. With Aaron Rodgers coming in, and I'm not, Elliot, I'm not going to jump ahead. We're going to stay on running backs. With Aaron Rodgers coming in, do you still see the Jets going to stay with that outside zone, or do you think the offense is going to look different? Now that you have a quarterback, so you be, can become more reliant on the quarterback, kind of the same way the Browns are doing with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I do expect a change. I think that the Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett offense is predicated on the run, and it's usually mm-hmm. predicated on you know two backs, and usually one of them is a receiving back, and Aaron Rodgers likes to throw to his running backs with a lot more efficiency than Zach Wilson or any of the other Jets quarterbacks. It's actually going to be an effective play for us now. And uh I don't want to get to the quarterbacks too much, but I think what we're doing is is with the Mike LaFleur offense of last year, the Jets had was a wide zone. Um, mm-hmm. The Nathaniel Hackett offense, they kind of call it like the Aaron Rodgers offense. And the style of it is very different. Um, and I don't know if you want me to go into the quarterback stuff now or if you want to stay on running backs. We'll stay on running backs, but running back. go ahead. I got Anything you want to talk about is fine, though. Well, in terms of the quarterbacks, something I found really interesting is um, some of the guys like CJ Uzama, you guys are probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So CJ Uzama was, you know, with the Bengals for a long time. He's 30 some years old, been in the league. And he uh, he basically said that through this training camp, what he's learned is he used to do like, you know, 12 yard route and then you turn. You're supposed to be in a specific spot, and that's what the quarterback throws. It's got to be exactly the exact same timing, steps, and everything to be on time. Mm-hmm. In the offense that they're running now, he said if it's a 12 yard run, can't run six yards but you can go nine or 14 you're supposed to just find the open spot and Aaron Rodgers is going to find them so they're actually for the first time in his career not playing through a set number and a set pattern it's more with the flow it's a lot of freedom and it's going to be a little bit different than what we've seen in the past so I'm I'm not exactly sure how much outside zone how much up the middle I know it's going to be a lot of running I know it's going to be a lot of freedom it's going to be a lot of Aaron Rodgers at the helm just doing audibles and quick pre-snap reads and that's why you bring him in to do that okay exactly all right, Elliot, go on, man. Yeah, I had a question. Uh, speaking of running backs, I think the rest of the NFL screwed up. You know, they've got this thing that, uh, oh, all all running backs are the same. They can all gain 1,000 yards. And, you know, when Brees Hall went down, the Jets just put in a guy and he got 1,000 yards, right? Well, that Not didn't necessary. happen. That didn't really happen, did it? It does make yeah. a difference who you have. And in that way, the rest of the NFL screwed up in the NFL draft. And the Jets got this kid in the fifth round, this guy, uh, Israel, uh, helped me out of Botaconda. Yeah. And this guy, from what I can tell, is really lights out. Why don't you tell us about him? Yeah, so he went to Pitt, and he had a lot of really good running numbers that are in line with a lot of some of the best players from Pittsburgh, some great running backs in history, one of them being Curtis Martin from the Jets. You know, he's right up there with those guys. And he's coming here to the jets right now with an opportunity to kind of come in there and maybe spell Brees hall and some of those guys early in the season. But I guess he's having a little bit of inconsistency. He's had a few fumbles and a few major runs. 
he's had a couple comments from the coaches saying he's got to improve his urgency, which is something you don't really want to hear about a rookie. It's like if you're lacking urgency as a rookie, you know, when do you get urgency then? So that's some of the stuff that maybe gives us pause and maybe makes us think a little bit, you know, more about a guy like Dalvin Cook or three months, you know, maybe something like that. Pause. Well, that's very interesting because that's what I wrote in an article uh, today. I wrote that this guy is really, really fast and has tremendous production in college, but his hand size is like eight and a quarter or something like that. He's very small hands. And so I thought this guy is the perfect New York Jack. He had a, a tremendous ability to carry the ball, uh, but he, he had an injury which prevented him from running the 40-yard dash at the combine. I don't like that. But he was like a 4-3 something, so they say unofficially – at uh, Pitt Pro Day, and uh, then his hand size was too small to be a running back. Really, it was like you know, uh, eight and a, I think eight and a, three eighths or something really small. And so I thought, great, so he can really make some uh, breakout runs, perhaps, and also maybe put the ball on the carpet a few times, and maybe have an injury problem or two. So I thought. That's the perfect formula for the Jets. But I think he's going to make yards. I think he's going to be ready on week one. And, uh, you know, they're just going to have to live with uh, some erratic behavior. But in the fifth round, the NFL screwed up. They can't let a guy like that last until the fifth round. That's nuts. Yeah, we were happy. I mean, it's a position that we wanted more depth at. We had a little bit of inconsistency with our number two through four running backs last year. And I think they're kind of trying to fill that gap, especially with the injury. So I hope he's great. I expect inconsistency. We know running backs that are rookies and fumble and stuff. That's a short leash. Usually in the NFL, that's a recipe to lose games very fast and coaches don't have a lot of tolerance for that sort of thing. So if you can't hold on to the football, it will be an issue. If you can make some big plays, it'll be very welcomed in this offense. It'll work both ways, but yeah, you have, you know, he'll, he'll win some games, I think. Um, and I, I, think I think he's going to be the Duke Johnson of the Jets. Yeah. Duke, Duke Johnson is versatile, does a lot of things, but fumbles every game and gets hurt every game. Yeah, well, dude, I like Duke Johnson, too. But okay. All right. Hey, we're, we're going to go to a commercial well, break here, Elliot, unless you've got more running back stuff. No, I think I'm done. I think that was the thing that right, I wanted guys. to say. So yeah. let, let's head to our uh, commercial break here. Um, after the break, I've got an announcement and someone to put some kudos out there. We're going to come back and talk Jets quarterback, and we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame game, and we're hopefully going to help get to a point where Dan doesn't regret coming on our show. So hang on. We'll be back. Okay. All right, and we're back. Thanks for hanging on there. Hope you guys uh, – you know, buy the stuff that's being advertised. Head on over to the the Fanatical Elves store. Pick up the merchandise. Elliot, do we have the link for that? Nope. Cool. So go to the store, buy the merch. And I also wanted to make a, a kind of a, a special thank you. Um, you know, a couple years ago, my mom died. That's not what I'm saying. But a couple years ago, my mom died. And I had a, a large outpoint of, of friends and family to console me and to help me get through that time, but nothing that they have done to help me console for my mom has prepared me for today. The outpouring that people have come to me to help me in my grief, to offer condolences and to support me in this time. And in case you guys don't know, my beloved Pee Wee Herman died. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman, you don't know who Pee Wee Herman is? Who did he right. play for? Was it no, 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 no. I'm sorry for your loss. I, you know, um, I did see that today. I didn't Pee-wee even know. Pee Wee Herman was, was amazing. His name was Paul Rubens, but Pee Wee Herman so is amazing. Saw some on, of the movies at Pee Playhouse when I was a kid with the talking objects. Pee Wee Herman, there we go. My bike, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You know, Ellie, you can remember Super Bowl three, but you don't know about the greatness of the Pee Wee's Playhouse. Or... Uh, I I never really got the Pee Wee Herman vibe. Um, oh my gosh! Mm. Are you kidding? He was sort of an adult entertainer, and then he became a children's entertainer, and then they decided, you know, we should have kept him in the adult column all along. I'll tell you what, Pee Wee Herman would be long missed. And I want to thank everyone for the outpouring. And I want to thank whoever's playing that. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Is that you, Elliot? You that put the movie playhouse out there for me? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. let's get back to football. Let's but thank you to, to everyone who supported me in the, my trying time of the loss of Pee Wee Herman. I mean, my beloved Pee Wee Herman. Guy was awesome. Roll out um, the foil ball. Are we done with the running backs, Elliot? Are you, are you satisfied? I'm totally done with the running backs. Yeah, but All yeah, right. we can watch for those guys. Uh, look for the rookie in the uh, Hall of Fame game, perhaps, and see if he fumbles. <laughs> but he'll, he'll probably score a touchdown, man. He's fast. And he's good. And he had like 1,800 yards from scrimmage for Pitt. Man, he's going to be something. Tell you what, then they should never, you know, how do they let running backs go to the fifth round? That doesn't make any sense. All right, let's move, let's transition to quarterbacks. So, the big okay. acquisition this offseason for the Jets was Aaron Rodgers. Tell us about the process and your personal thoughts, Dan, about Aaron Rodgers before Elliot kills the vibe. Oh, he can't kill this vibe. This vibe oh, he is too high. He, he can't, he, he'll, he'll kill it. Just watch. Yeah. That's right now. Um, obviously, I do a fans first sports network podcast, so I'm on record with a lot of takes and stuff. Aaron Rodgers has, since the very beginning of the process, been the number one guy, regardless of the contract size, which at the time was, you know, over $107 million at the least. Um, and it didn't make a difference. Knew that contract, knew what Derek Carr and everybody else could be paid, wanted them, had to have them, couldn't believe it when he said that he wanted to play for the Jets. They were able to make a deal happen where I think that. You know, did they give up a little bit more than the Jets wanted to give up? Probably at the time. Did the Packers get a little bit less than they wanted for one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen play? Probably. So that probably means it's a pretty good negotiation overall. Both sides are left a little bit unhappy. Um, mm-hmm. But since he's been here, I mean, it's just been unbelievable. There's so many things every single week that happen with Aaron Rodgers, whether it's talking to coaches, talking to the media, sticking up for coaches, working with our players changing our offense, bringing other guys with him. It's just unbelievable what he's done. And then he took this massive pay cut this week to bring his contract down to $75 million over two years. So now he's getting paid, I don't know, probably like a tenth of what Deshaun Watson gets paid to do, what, a quarter of the work? (laughs) (laughs) See, you can slam us all you want. We're fine. I do have a question for you. What is the organizational or the Jets organization's obsession with former Packer quarterbacks. Now, I have been around enough to watch the Brett Favre era in New York, and we've all seen the pictures. Mm-hmm. We've all seen the issues. <laughs> and do you anticipate Aaron Rodgers playing in Minnesota next year? I don't see him playing in Minnesota. I think that when you play in Wisconsin for long enough, I think that New York looks pretty cool. 
And I think maybe that helps. Oh my gosh, he's like slamming Wisconsin. I'm not, I went to Wisconsin last year, and uh, I was glad to be back here on the East Coast. So <laughs> <laughs> but I don't blame him for that one. Oh, what did you not like about Wisconsin? Where'd you go? Where'd you go in Wisconsin? I went to Eagle River. Okay, so where's that in the state? Because I'm not that familiar with Wisconsin. It's either north or south. Okay, well, yeah, everything's either north or south. <laughs> so did, did you go to Milwaukee? Uh, no, I went to Eagle okay. River. I out there you need for a to while. go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a, a great yeah. place to go visit. Well, that's like Eagle River Outfitters. Is that the same place? Is that? I don't know. I wish I didn't say I went to Wisconsin. I don't know enough about it now. <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. I put up a week there. I came back. I stayed in the town that I was in. Okay. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, Favre, and I guess the really perhaps encouraging thing about Favre is that when he went to Minnesota and had a really great year, he was 40. And so he had a kind of a down year at age 39. But he Here had comes Dan. At 40. So there is cause for optimism that you can get better at age 40, but it's really kind of rare. Um, and I'm, I'm not real, sh- you know, sold completely on Aaron Rodgers. I think it is possible that he'll come back and have a great, fantastic year. But I kind of think, man, I, I think maybe he really is kind of 40-ish, and I'm not sure that he's really going to have that fantastic of a year. But, you know, again, the Jets and the Browns are two of the most quarterback-obsessed franchises in the NFL. They are way over-invested, in my opinion, in quarterbacks. You know, I like Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure that I want to spend $230 million on anybody. Um, I think you're probably better off having three defensive ends instead of uh, one quarterback at that price. But tried that um, last year. Let me lay some weird statistic on this. <laughs> How'd that work, Dan? When you tried that last year, it was awesome with the defensive line. Set the whole defense up. By the way, that's what they did this year. You know, now that they got Aaron Rodgers, what'd they do with their first round draft pick? Did they get a offensive tackle? No, they drafted a a defensive end that they didn't need. I'm not real sure that that was a smart idea. But anyway, you know, you know uh, what a proxy is. you have to remind me something like a okay. Well, what's what they do? It's not exactly the thing that you're wanting to observe, but it's something that is uh, similar enough that it might let you make a judgment about it. And so, what I wanted to do is I looked at the rushing yards per game uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and I want to use that as a proxy for determining his degeneration due to age and I want to just look at him since 2016 do you have a, a screen or something I can throw up here yeah let me just read it to you you'll get okay. the idea all right okay okay it's 2016 he had 23 yards per game next year 18 then 16.8 then 11.4 then 9.3 then 6.3, then last year, 5.5. Now, that's a trend. He's been going down every year. Now, he's not getting paid to run the ball, but what it's saying is that his body is deteriorating, and um, I just think he's getting older. Does it and, show uh, which MVP? Pardon? Does it show which years he won MVP? Oh, yeah, he won MVP. Yeah, he did, he did win MVP. He, uh, you know, he had a great team behind him in 2020 and 2021. Uh, there's no question about that. Although, you know, his passing dropped off precipitously in 2022. You know, that one is for sure. Now, whether or not one year doesn't necessarily make a trend, you know, so you wouldn't say, well, he had one bad year. That's a trend. But if you look at his running totals, that is a trend. And then you wonder, well, okay, is he going to bounce back in his passing? What we're really interested in, and uh, I don't know. I, you know, all right, Elliot, let's let Dan have a have a turn on this one. Go ahead, Dan. Yes, I would say that he will. I will say that the numbers went down as he got older. I think older players want to get hit less and less as they age, and I think that he showed that 
being able to do that going from 23 or or so yards he said he started at and then winning MVP at about nine. It didn't really affect his ability to play high-level quarterback. You want to talk about trends, he was winning MVP every single season, 2020, 2021. Then he does a season without Devontae Adams and Nathaniel Hackett. He has young receivers in Green Bay and not his offensive coordinator. Now he comes to a team that has the best receivers he's played with maybe in his whole career, as well as his same old offensive coordinator from those years ago. So I think the one year that was odd was probably last year. And you feel good about the the prospect of him coming in here and, and picking up where he left off back in 2021. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get any argument from us about Garrett Wilson. He's awesome. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. being, being from Ohio, watching him at an Ohio State, I don't I don't think you're going to get an yeah, argument from us. I, I think so too. But I, I also though I'll I'll um, push uh, the opposite way on uh, on Zach uh, Wilson. Um, how valid was he tested last year? because he didn't have any <laughs> offensive tackles, lost both offensive tackles due to injury, and then he lost his really good running back. And so he's operating with a guy that had 3.5 yards per carry as his stud running back, no offensive tackles. And, you know, his production wasn't great at quarterback, but he wasn't, in my mind, he wasn't really terrible. He just wasn't. Uh, uh, he wasn't average. He was way below average. But I thought, I don't know that that's horrible. It's, his problem is he played in New York, I think. I think if he's a normal quarterback. <laughs> well, I guess I guess Dan did slam Wisconsin, so I guess no, Midwest, I mean, strikes, I mean, Midwest uh, strikes back, I guess. No, I, I, this what thing. I wrote in my article today is that, <laughs> you know, that the, you know, the, the, uh, the fan base and the writers are, are rabid. Now, rabid can mean that they're uh, they're uh, staunch fans, or it can mean that they really do have rabies. And in, in New York, man, the, <laughs> the community really doesn't have rabies when it comes to quarterbacks. And uh, I think that the kid probably can be taught to play quarterback. I think he has the arm and he has the accuracy, uh, but he didn't have any tools to work with last season. And if he did have some really good tools, you know, if they drafted offensive linemen and stuff like a normal team, he probably could play quarterback. That's what, what do you think about that hypothesis? Yeah, it's tough to play with uh, guys like Elijah Moore. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> we don't have real receivers. Uh, it can be tricky, but no, Elijah's a, a, a solid enough player. But um, <laughs> That's pretty in good, my opinion, I appreciate it. Zach Wilson has the athletic ability. He's got the the speed, the arm, all that like intangible stuff that just you see in a quarterback, the size, all that. Um, what happens with him is he just he can't process things quickly. And with the Shanahan, Michael Floor offense, there's supposed to be a lot of easy reads and easy throws and checkdowns and stuff. And he makes the easy stuff look so difficult. He's constantly scrambling. Um, he flushes out of the pocket instead of up in the pocket. He's not confident enough to do that. So he's really playing frazzled, which is kind of how Geno Smith played for the beginning of his career. We witnessed mm-hmm. Sam Darnold for his career. Zach Wilson. We've had three quarterbacks come in, high prospects, just totally underwater, not able to pick up the NFL speed. And sometimes guys never get it. And other times a guy like Geno Smith gets it when he's 28, 29 years old. And all of a sudden, for the first time in his career, the game slows down enough where his intangibles start to play a factor in his game. I think that when Zach Wilson gets there, whether it's this year working behind Rodgers, whether it's three years from now, I think he definitely can. And when he does process correctly, he'll be a good player. But until then, he is just going to be a, a kind of a chicken with his head cut off. And we're hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy that settles him down for the first time to let him just work on thinking, shows him the game in a new way, and and hopefully he gets there. You know, I'm not, I haven't given up on Zach Wilson, and I like him as the number two quarterback, but I also don't want to see him play at all this year. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah, nobody wants to see him play, but I'll tell you what, I'd like to see the Jets actually seriously address their offensive line. I don't know that. I, do you believe in Mekhi Becton? Is he going to play? No, probably not. Uh, at this point, I'm like hoping for five games this year just to get us through a certain amount. I think that. Wait a minute. They, do the Jets not play a 17 game season like everybody else? No, they do. I just, you know, he's missed basically two full years and then he comes into camp this year and he's on a pitch count right now and you'd think that after not playing for two years like okay you're finally healthy it's been both knees he's a huge guy and uh 
it's a tricky situation. I don't, I don't know exactly. I, I'm rooting for the guy, and you're always going to be optimistic, and you never know when these guys will turn it around. But to expect him to play 17 games would be. Yeah, so why didn't they draft a tackle in the first round? Said they drafted a, another defensive end? Yeah, when Broderick Jones fell, the board didn't go exactly the way they wanted it to. And so I think they took the best talent available at a position where they know in a few years the salary cap situation will be pretty beneficial to have a good young pass rusher. Yeah, so they're going to wait a few years for Aaron Rodgers to develop. And in the meantime, they're going to build up their – Be nice, Elliot. Is that the plan? No, they're going to have his rotational pass rusher and a heavy rotation defensive front and have Mm -hmm. have him get after the quarterback – Hopefully, be a game record. Elliot, you saw the same defense in Cleveland, right? Except our general manager didn't think that defensive like linemen were important, but their head coach is important is like intelligent enough to understand that if you're going to have an attacking gap defense, you need to have defensive linemen that can attack gaps. So they went out and they got those players so that, like Mm -hmm. this defense looked like in San Francisco, where you have four tremendous players on your defensive line that they set the tone for everything else that goes on. Now we decided for whatever reason in Cleveland that we just weren't going to go down that route. We were just going to like draft a whole bunch of defensive backs and then pray that the uh, defensive line can do something. And then when they didn't except for miles Garrett, we're all just like, why doesn't this defense work? Because it's not being run the way it's designed. That's the short of that one for you, Elliot. But I'm going to ask you about Mackay. No, no, I want my shot on Mackay Becton here. So, Mackay Becton, he's like what, seven foot 12 and like 570 pounds? And yeah, I think he's 370 pounds. I, mean, I, I, I will say, you know, the Browns just drafted a guy like this out of Ohio State, but I always wonder why people draft people this like that big, right? At some point, the guy has to move, and he's looking like Andre the Giant out there. I mean, Andre the Giant was big and can like come at you, but like he couldn't move, and that's I, that's why I think Makai Beckton is right now. I think he should go into pro wrestling. He's he's incredibly nimble for how big he is, or he was when he was healthy. But you know, once you start getting those knee injuries, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to recover at Especially that. Especially on that big size. guys, hard to recover at that size on the knee. And mm-hmm. he's got both now, and you know, it's a. Uh... So isn't right tackle also a question mark right now for the Jets? Not just left tackle. You both tackles. We have a lot of guys that want to play left tackle and none of them that are really healthy enough or good enough to do it. And then we have nobody that wants to play right tackle and no one that's really good enough to do it. So Okay, so tack- here's my concern on right that. Now. Here's my concern on tackle. Aaron Rodgers played in Green Bay with Bakhtiari, who was a tremendous left tackle. And you still saw his rushing numbers go down, which means he's taking more sacks on a good offensive line. Now, the Jets may not have the offensive line that Green Bay has. Is there a concern for protecting Aaron Rodgers, or do you think there will be alleviated in some way, or are the Jets in the market for a tackle? I think it's going to have to be good. I think that the Jets' goal is to have Aaron Rodgers play more than one year, and you're not going to have a guy at that age play more than one year if he's getting smoked every play. Who wants to do that? You know, The whole whole experience is blocked for. So... Mm -hmm. They have Dwayne Brown, who they hope if he gets healthy, can play left tackle, and that's you know the first possible positive guy that you'd have out there. Makai Becton, you got a chance for him. They drafted a player. They have another guy coming back from last year. They have a couple other players they brought in that were second-string guys on other teams. They're kind of going through some stuff, but I do think that with the Aaron Rodgers pay cut, they're going to be able to make a move if they need to. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers, when he, said, when he voluntarily said, you can pay me $35 million less, he said that their plan and the conversations they had were there are going to be some players available down the road that are going to be worth this money, and we're going to have the ability to go get them. And I think mm-hmm. that our general manager, Joe Douglas, has learned from what the Packers did in not making Aaron Rodgers happy by meeting his quote-unquote demands or requests. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be in lockstep trying to find guys, and if tackle's what they need, they got the money to go do it. They're not going to waste this window. They'll go trade for some elite tackle if they have to. Maybe they'll trade a first-round pick if they need to do it. Cool. All right, Elliot, you want to? You get any more on quarterbacks? No, no. Uh, yeah, just, All right. just the uh, offensive line discussion. That was really the, my next question. I think you've answered that. Um, yeah, I'm skeptic on the offensive line. 
Yeah, that, that too would be my concern for the Jets. Would just be okay. You've got your quarterback. You've got your receivers. You've got a pretty decent tight end, right? You've got what seems to be a pretty good offense set up. And with Aaron Rodgers, you know he's tremendous quarterback, right? He can direct that offense and get everyone in lockstep. That might take you a couple games to get everybody in the right spot and thinking in the same way. But you've got to be able to protect him because he's not twenty one anymore. So you got to be able to protect him. So that would be, I guess, the 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 kink in the armor is that offensive line, particularly those tackles. Um, yeah. Don't, don't feel bad, Dan. We do this to every team we talk about. We just start breaking down. Stupidity. No, I agree. We just no start breaking work. down stuff. No teams. So got I, it all. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. So I was looking at uh, reading all this jets news before the, the podcast tonight. And I saw this power rankings from sports illustrated. And it looks like the jets are ranked seventh in the power rankings. Right, low. you think that's low? So, give me your explanation for what you think. Where do you rank the Jets? I think the Jets are going to compete for the best defense in the NFL this year, and I think that it would be basically a slam dunk if a few players stay healthy to be top five. So, that alone, you're already going to be one of the better teams when you have a defense like that. You put in the offensive skill positions that they have, you put in a quarterback like that. A, a belief around the organization, the ability to be flexible with the salary cap and some moves and stuff, the understanding of the urgency and the window that we have where we're actually looking at players like Dalvin Cook this late in the process. He's not the last guy they're going to look at in this process either. I mean, they're bought into this mm-hmm. team and what they're going to do. Um, I feel really good about it. And it's one of those things where, you know, we're Jets and Browns fans, so we kind of expect the worst because every single time things look good, it doesn't go that way. <laughs> this is kind of what I was going to go at next. Like now that you expect all this great stuff, what yeah. do you really think is going to happen? <laughs> I have fears every night about guys tearing their ACLs, never seeing this team actually play like, Oh, we, if we had, what if it didn't, you know, all that stuff happening. But right now you can't think like that. And on paper, I feel as good as anybody. I feel like we can go up against the bills, Patriots and dolphins and win this division. I think if we win that division, we can win a couple playoff games against those teams in the AFC. All right, one more question about the power rankings. So I'm looking through this power rankings, and I'm looking at this team at number five that I just I, I cannot believe is sitting at five. Elliot, what team do you think is sitting at five? Um, Buffalo. I don't know. The team sitting at – now, Buffalo, I think, was four or three. I mean, they were pretty up. No, actually, they're not. No, number five was the Baltimore Ravens, and I can't figure out how the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> are at number five. So I know I'm a biased Browns fan who hates – the fact that my Cleveland Browns are in Baltimore disguising themselves as the Ravens. So I guess my question for you, Dan, is what do you think the Ravens are going to do this year? And the answer is suck, by the way, but go ahead. The Ravens were the only team I put money on to win the Super Bowl last year. And I think that they had a lot of horrible luck over the last few years with their, basically the way that their offense runs, the most important players in their team have been injured, um, making it very difficult. Their offensive tackles, their running backs. I mean, that's what that team needs to do. And they lost, what, four running backs and, like three tackles mm-hmm. and it's like, okay well if that's what the team's supposed to do it's gonna fall apart pretty quickly four or five seems seems high i would say that they're probably you know nine would be probably my my guess without looking at all the teams just taking a shot at it. i think that they're one of the better teams in the league for sure and i think they're going to compete with the Bengals for the division over there and and what do you think the browns chances are uh it's hard to tell <laughs> the Browns have a lot of spicy players, a lot of flashy names, and a quarterback that, you know, I'm not sure has it anymore because he had this innate ability, and you thought that Deshaun Watson, he was a guy that just could play backyard ball. He showed up, showed up on the Texans and just started balling out right out of college. It just came naturally to him, it seemed like. And everything that was natural when he played with the Browns last year wasn't natural. So all of a sudden you're just like, where was all that pop and that X factor and that stuff that he had going on? Saw basically mm-hmm. none of it last year, and that's what made him so great early on. And uh, it worries you because he's not coming back from an injury. Well, I guess he originally was, but not anymore at this point. Right, he just hasn't played in like two seasons. So yeah, he's just a little slow and a little <laughs> rust. I know the receivers over there have been, you know, progressing. Donovan Peoples Jones is probably not an ideal one or two or three receiver for any team or any quarter. <laughs> No offense, he's a good player, but like he's you're not gonna rely on him. He's, he's not the star. He's he's a piece. He's not the, the centerpiece. Everybody, everybody hates him because he's from Michigan and everybody's an Ohio State fan in Ohio. So 
Yeah, and we, we should probably warn you about that. You can slam anybody but Donald and Peoples Jones because as soon as that happens, all the Michigan fans come out and say that the only reason we hate him is because he's from Michigan. Yeah, and no, I like this big thing. I wanted the Jets to draft him, but I, I you know, after seeing him play and everything, he's a good player. He's a nice piece, but he's a piece. I, I think yeah, a little too high up maybe on the depth chart last year for a quarterback to succeed. And even though they have a great running game, great offensive line, I don't know. He should have been better, right? Are we giving him just like it's been so long that he forgot how to play and he's a little rusty and his You're talking about Deshaun Watson? Again? Yeah, Deshaun Watson. I mean, well, yeah, he, he progressively got better as the season went along. He played like six games, I think it was. And you'd expect after somebody hadn't played in two years, they're going to be garbage. And it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise that he got the 11 as opposed to the whole season because then you can come out, get your trying to knock some of the rust off, see where you're really at. And then double down when the season ends and just say, look, what have I got to do to be ready for the next season? So there is the question mark with Deshaun Watson. I completely agree. I, as a Browns fan, I have to believe that my man is coming back. Even if I like him off the field or not, I don't have to do is care if I like him on the field. So that's where I'm at with all this. Elliot, you want to jump in on this real quick while we're putting him on the spot? So all of our Browns friends... We'll hate him. Yeah, no, know. I I think uh, <laughs> I think the Browns are over invested in the quarterback position. I did not like the acquisition one little tiny bit. Um, I I I think that uh, they'd have been better off uh, uh, acquiring a um, journeyman quarterback and over investing in defensive line. Elliot, this is this is where we have to learn football. You, your your team runs through the quarterback period. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Let's move on to the Hall of Fame game since I've had the little banner up. So, Dan, what what are the Jets' plans for the Hall of Fame game? Are we going to see anybody interesting? Um, notice, reminding everyone that the field there has notoriously been a bad field to play on. I think I've already read that like nobody's going to play except Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's going to play, so that should tell you what the Jets think of him. But yeah. go on. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for some interesting names to watch, Zach Wilson's interesting. We want to see if he's getting a little bit more comfortable, what he's learned from Rodgers. Mekhi Becton's on a pitch count. If he's able to get out there, I mean, he's one of those dudes that he's on a pitch count right now for Thursday, supposed to play. Wouldn't surprise me if he tweaked something on Wednesday. Didn't end up suiting up, but um, <laughs> and play. we got a, uh, a pitch count for him. We're going to have some guys in the defensive line because that rotation is so deep. You can't, on a 90-man roster right now, you can't bench 10 guys. So you're going to see probably Will McDonald, our first-round pick. You're going to see... Michael Clemens who was a mid-round pick last year, um, a really good player, number 72. I'd like to see him flash against your uh, offensive line. Maybe some uh, young safety. Tony Adams is trying to earn a starting spot over Adrian Amos. Yeah, um, I read some articles where your coaches seem to love that guy. Yeah, I want to see if he plays, if they consider him a starter right now where he wouldn't play or if they say, you know, he's second year in the league as an undrafted guy last year, it's time to get him out on the field and just test right. him a little bit more. Um, so he's a guy that I'd really – keep an eye on and then we're trying to figure out our linebackers because we lost Quan alexander to the pittsburgh steelers um a couple days ago he's a good player um he brings a lot of edge and toughness and we don't have a third linebacker and even though the jets primarily play a nickel cornerback they do have some base four three sets and we don't have a a third guy cj mosley quincy williams are our two starters and the other guys completely up in the air so looking at the other outside linebacker spot is going to be a really interesting one for the jets Al, you want to jump in on the Hall of Fame game? Um, no, I think it's the game is for the people that are trying to make the team. The right. guys that are just playing to get in shape, I don't care about. Uh, I want to see the guys that are second, third, and fourth string because they'll be playing for their lives, and it will be an interesting game because of them. So, Dan, do you do you normally watch the Hall of Fame game? Yes, it's the first football okay, so- game. So, so do you have any like favorite memories from Hall of Fame games? Um, not really. I mean, every year it's just like that feeling of sitting on the couch and being like, I can't believe I'm watching football right now. Like, this is crazy. Even though it's backup players, I don't know if it was the Cowboys last year or the year before. Um, and you're just sitting back, just like, how is this? How is this happening right now? And I don't care if it's Ben DiNucci or somebody else playing the entire game. I still, I love every minute of it. Um. No, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a bummer. They don't really do uh, – the one thing that I always hated as a kid, I'm, I'm getting over it now, is that teams don't try to win in the preseason. Oh, <laughs> we got to go to overtime. <laughs> we, win this 
you're just my dad's always like, no, we got to get out of this game. It's fine, lose. Like you know, but yeah. Uh, don't you know that your whole season's riding on uh, that preseason win? I mean, if you don't go three and zero, how are you supposed to go zero and sixteen? I mean, come on. The Ravens are pretty good in the preseason. Yeah, Baltimore does that. They play to win. They're, they're retarded. I'll tell you what I what I want is everybody that has a guaranteed contract. You can't say that word, Elliot. You know that's not PC anymore, right? No, I don't know that. But well, you can't um, say the R word. You can't say that anymore. Okay, well, I just did. Um, well, stop. I think that uh, people that have guaranteed contracts should uh, not play in the preseason. Just people that oh. are trying to beat the team. All right, so look, let me give you a couple things to watch for on, or at least some of the favorite things I've seen before we get to the Browns watch for, the favorite things I've seen on um, uh, Hall of Fame games. One, there was the time that uh, that idiot from the Steelers, I can't even think of his name anymore. I think it was Juju Smith-Schuster was that Claypool idiot. I can't get too mad at Claypool. He went to Notre Dame. But anyway, Chase Claypool catches a five-yard out, needed six yards for a first down on third down. Catches the ball, runs out, sticks his arm out, drops the ball, and starts beating his chest that he got a first, like a, a five-yard out in a freaking Hall of Fame game. Like, nobody cares. But that's the Steelers, right? They got to come out and celebrate with all their wide receivers and stuff. Do you see I that one? That. I didn't remember that was the Hall of Fame game, but I remember the play vividly. He's done a few yeah. really stupid things like that where you're just like, what is going on? With yeah, you guy? got like five yards. It's like he's pulling a, a – a, I can see his face. I can't think of his name. Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry. He's pulling a Jarvis Landry, right? He's out there yeah. getting five yards when you need six. And my other favorite memory from the Hall of Fame game was watching Joe Flacco on the sideline laughing after Lamar Jackson threw the ball straight to uh, a defender and they picked six him on his first pass attempt in the Hall of Fame game. And Joe Flacco's on the sideline laughing at him from the sideline. I thought that's 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 Hall of Fame game football right there. So from yeah. a Browns perspective, I think we're just going to see a bunch of backups, and that's fine. I don't think we're going to go out there. I think the surface has been a question mark um, for a few years, and hopefully they've got that straightened out. But given that there's an extra preseason game being in the Hall of Fame game, I think we're going to see a lot of the Browns backups. We're going to see uh, – I think we're going to see Dorian Thompson Robinson, I think is his name. Um, I yeah. think – I hope we I hope we get to see some of the new look uh, Browns offense because – my theory is that we're not going to run that outside zone the way we have in the past. Like, I think that offense is a, uh, this is what you run until you get a quarterback. And then when you get a quarterback, you run an actual NFL offense, but you know, I don't want to say that too loud. So uh, my final question for you before, like, I just let you ramble on about the jets for a little bit is just give us your thoughts on Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. I didn't want to draft him. When we got him, I was upset. Um, then he won me over in training camp by saying that he was going to do all the hard work, having awesome highlights, being super, uh, like, just ripped, cut. The guy looks like he's just meant to play wide receiver. So all offseason I was seeing that. And then the games happened, and he kind of had some focus issues and some issues, obviously, with the Jets team. Um, <laughs> I worry right now because he was he's a kind of a, a training camp star. And I think that the Browns right now are kind of piping him up as to be, being a training camp star. And it's just like that's that's where I've seen him at his best. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's good to know that this guy comes out and performs in training camp because he runs beautiful routes. And if you have a quarterback that can hit him on those routes, Zach Wilson couldn't really do it. So it's really hard to gauge because we didn't have a guy that could hit him in that sort of like he's right mm-hmm. where you need him. To be. Um, he runs beautiful routes. He's got an edge to him. He's quick. He's not super big, but um, he loves the game and. Yeah, if you can get the ball in his hands and, and find a way to like focus on him. Problem is like, you know, he the, the team was like five and one when he asked to be traded. And it was because he just wasn't getting the ball enough. And it, it didn't matter whether the team was doing well, it just mattered about him needing to take care of himself and yeah. not like the offense we were running necessarily. So the next game after he requested a trade, the next game that he played, uh, the Jets had him do free stat motion across the field every single play and never threw to him. And they just ran him back and forth and they traded him a few weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we in Cleveland, we have a history of former New York wide receivers who are disgruntled me-type players. We've dealt with them before, so I think we're going to be okay. Hmm. We got Braylon Edwards from you, and we loved him. Well, really? We loved him. Yeah, he was awesome. Braylon Edwards was a good wide receiver. 
This is the quite the Braylon Edwards is the guy. Have a good year for the Jets, did he or did he? Yeah, we went. Elliot's going to look this up. Years and he was a big part of it. Braylon Edwards, I mean, he was a good player. The Browns weren't exactly the greatest when we had Braylon Edwards, and for whatever reason, he decided that the Browns fans didn't like him because he was from Michigan. This this guy started the whole like Michigan thing. I personally think it's just garbage, but some people really don't like players because they're from Michigan and not they're even from Michigan. It's just that they played in Michigan, which is really super dumb. They all like embrace Craig Krenzel, who won a national champion with Ohio State. He's from Michigan, but nobody cared about that because he played at Ohio State. I don't I don't understand. But you guys have a team like that in college football in New York? No, I'm in Connecticut actually. Um okay. so our team the Connecticut Huskies and they are not good. And they're independent, so it really they don't like hate everybody from Yale or something like that. No, I mean Boston College, I guess, but we had never beaten Boston College until last year. Um, I'm actually kind of an Ohio State fan because my buddy oh, went to Ohio. And, uh, he's a big Ohio State fan, and when you don't have a great team around here, I got to kind of jump on his bandwagon and, and enjoy all the the last you know ten years or so. Of pretty awesome football. Yeah, don't you like Rutgers? Don't you have Rutgers there in New York? Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm not in New York. I'm Connecticut. Well, still, come on, like I mean, from the Midwest, like being from Wisconsin is the same thing as being from Ohio to New Yorkers. So it's kind of like when you're when you're when you're on the East Coast, it's all the same state. It's just you take trains through. Don't you guys consider yourselves a uh, you know, Ohio like kind of East East Coast ish? Oh, no, we're we're Midwestern. No, we think <laughs> we think we're uh, Midwest. Actually, we have an inferiority complex because. <laughs> That's probably true too. Oh, we really do. We, have, you know, the Chamber of Commerce calls uh, Cleveland the North Coast of America. <laughs> I've never heard this. I've never no, heard this. It's true. Yeah. You call Lake Erie the North Coast? What? <laughs> yeah. the North? All right, hey. So we'll, we'll wrap this up here, uh, Dan. Let me give you a few minutes. To just say what you think you need to say about the Jets or anything you want to say, so you feel like you've been treated fairly and not disrespectfully. <laughs> I feel fair. I, I feel like I've been treated fairly. I mean, you know, we're Jets and Browns fans, so we can go back and forth and just kind of – it's part of the fun of it. Um, no, I don't. Honestly, I have, a, I have a question. I just – I guess I'd be more curious because I'm going to watch the Hall of Fame game and I'm not as up-to-date on the Browns. If you're going to be playing backups, is there a, a matchup that you're most looking forward to seeing for, like, backups? Is there a position on your team that right now is being fought for as, like, an important backup next man up or even maybe a starter that we'd be able to see. I'll Elliot, if you got something you want on that, I'll let you go first before I jump on. That. Yeah. I, I would say um, also like the jets, the backup running back position is very interesting because the Browns don't have any, they have a total of 12 NFL yards, actually 11 NFL yards uh, behind Nick Chubb uh, career. Uh, but I, I kind of like some of the, undrafted guys i like uh this guy nate mccrary who's a recycled baltimore raven Boo. and i think that he might be a good short yardage guy so keep an eye on him see if anybody's any good at all um the depth at wide receiver i think is reasonable but uh running back is not reasonable but there are some guys that run fast and maybe accelerate well how did that happen? You had like six good backup running backs. Okay. We don't need any. <laughs> I know. Nick Chubb is a, it seemed like you had Dearness Johnson and you had Kareem Hunt. It was like whoever you put out there was just playing. Hey, awesome. Dearness Johnson. Johnson. Dearness Johnson, I think, was a free agent and left. Or he's yeah. just unsigned. I don't know where that's at. Yeah, I know. He, um, he was a free agent. He, he left. He exercised his option. But mm-hmm. the Browns you know, are really dumb. Um, they didn't like him. Elliot's a fan of paying running back, so I don't know where you get on this, but you're gonna you're gonna set off like a long discussion just accidentally here. So the Browns are just thinking that Ford, what's his first name? It's not Puna. It's not Puna Ford. It's the backup running back who has 12 yards. What's his name? Um, I know his name, but I forgot it because you said it. Ford. The backup's Ford. He got 12 yards. Ford. Yeah, he was at Alabama. Then yeah, he Ford went has to, twelve, and McCreary has minus one. Jerome he's, Ford. He's Jerome, Jerome Ford. He's, I think. Yeah, he's fast. He has good hands. He's going to be a good fit for He'll the probably offense. Probably be good. Yeah, he's going to be a good fit for the offense. He just hasn't gone out and done it. So, 
And for some odd reason, Browns fans think that if you give the ball to Nick Chubb like 20 times, you automatically win the game or some crap. So now that we're going to like an actual passing offense, which is analytics will tell you is the way to go with these things in the NFL, you know, people are going to be upset that the offense doesn't run through Nick Chubb, but it's going to run through the quarterback, which it should. And that's what you guys are having in New York right now. The offense isn't going to run through the running back. It's going to run through Aaron Rodgers, which it should. But sometimes it takes a little bit for people to like get on board with the way people win NFL, win in the NFL. So I would answer your question to say on the other side, besides the running back issue, players to watch, the Browns are going to that Jim Schwartz defense, which is very different from the Joe Woods, Robert Sala um, defense. Okay, so they're going to a more double scheme gap, pressure the quarterback. Um, still very much the defensive line has to control the line of scrimmage uh, to set up the linebackers and set up the, the defensive backs, which is what Sala likes, which is what Joe Woods should have liked, but I don't know what he was thinking. So it would be interesting to see if Jordan Elliott gets a good – get some time to play what he's doing. Uh, Tommy Togiai would be another one to watch. That defensive tackle room. Siaki Ika coming in out of Baylor would be another interesting one to watch. Um, <clears throat> the defensive end room, you're talking about some guys on the bubble because they brought in um, Ogbo Ogbanaya uh, as a free agent. They brought in, oh, I can't think of his name from Minnesota right now, just totally lost it. The guy from Minnesota who was a linebacker, basically they may put his – say it again? Zadarius Smith, that's right. Yeah, his foot on the ground. I'd put his hand on the ground and make him a 4-3 defensive end, which would be a, a new thing for him in his career. And then we're talking Miles Garrett out of their defensive end. So you've got like three people out of defensive end. you got Isaiah Thomas, um, who is related to Isaiah Thomas, I think, the basketball player, which we all hate, by the way. Um, and a couple other guys, I can't think of their names. And they drafted a guy out of Missouri, which I was pretty happy about because Missouri plays very good to technique defensive line um, in a double gap type scheme as opposed to a single gap scheme. So that defensive end group is another one to watch to see what they're going to be doing and see what they're doing to start with and then how good are they doing it. So that's what I'm looking forward to in the Hall of Fame game. What's the defensive line going to do? The offense just – I want to see schematically, you know, it's going to be a vanilla kind of situation because it's like a preseason game and you've been together for like a week. So you may have like four plays installed or something. So I'm not real interested in what they're doing on offense. The question just is, can they stop anybody? And what's it, what's the defense going to look like? Yeah. So. I think it's worth uh, reminding everyone that's going to be watching it. that This is the very first game and it basically being the extra preseason game. It basically replaces like a scrimmage. So yeah. it's going to be, very vanilla style backups and and not to put too much into it. Maybe treat week two as kind of like the week one where they're really starting to mm-hmm. jump. No, 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 no. Whoever wins this game is going to win the Super Bowl. And now we're talking like Browns fans. <laughs> Everything rides on week zero of the preseason. <laughs> well, we better win it. Yeah, better go out and win it because, gosh darn it, what are we going to do if we don't have Deshaun Watson out there throwing passes? Yeah. Uh, all right. He's, so I think he needs to play the whole game. Because he was rusty last year, so he better play the yeah. entire game, or else well, also look fired if he doesn't yeah. play Deshaun Watson the entire. Or if game. Nick Chubb doesn't get twenty carries in this game, yeah. yeah the other thing to watch Chubb for is what Browns player is in the doghouse and is going to be punished by having to play the whole game. We've done <laughs> that in the past too, so well, I don't, I'm mad at this guy, so he's going to play the whole game. Like, okay, how does that punish him at all? You're going to play him more, yeah. I've seen right, that. Well, before. guys, it's like we don't believe in you. You got to earn it. Like you're going to be playing on all, all levels here. No, I think this guy went out and did something wrong and broke team rules, so they played him the entire game. Like, oh, okay. that was the punishment. The punishment is you're getting more playing time because you broke the rules. Oh yeah, that it was, was uh, crazy. One of, the, one of the drug addict wide receivers. I forgot his name, but yeah, Antonio I mean, Callaway. I yeah, think. Callaway. The guy who was arrested a bunch of times for the Florida Gators and they drafted him anyway. And the GM had to come out and apologize for drafting him. Come on, yeah. man. Keep up on Brown's football, Elliot. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So well, that wraps up our show for tonight, guys. Thanks for sticking along for a whole hour of this, of Elliot and I uh, harassing Dan. Thanks for coming in, Dan, and putting Thank up you, with Dan. us and putting up with our stuff. Uh, encourage other people just lie and say you had a good time and that it's fun to come on our show and that we're actually okay. normal people. 
I okay. love it. Would recommend. Love to come yeah. back. I hope. Uh, I hope it goes well. well. Bank well, it we, for week we seventeen, baby. Each other um, at the like game seventeen or something there. Week seventeen. Week seventeen. So week seventeen. We will see All each right. Other time. Thanks great. for being on, guys. And just a reminder, everybody, you're listening to Football Philosophy and Rocket Science. We're part of the Fans First Sports Network, a part of the Fanatical Elves Network. And Dan here is from the Fans First Sports Network. And what's your guys' network name again? This is the Jet Life. It's just me. The Jet Life. And hope it's a good life. It's the Jet Life. That's what it's that's the Jet it. Life. Cool. Thank you for listening to Football Philosophy and Rocket Science, a Cleveland Browns podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow Joel on Twitter at The Left Guard and Elliot at The Village Elliot.